Hello, you're listening to Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! And today's episode is the State of Anime 2013 edition. We haven't done one yet, and it's getting late February, so it's shame on me. Well, you typically put together the State of Animes, but again, you've been busy lately, so... Wait. I did it. Wait, 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 wait. Am I missing the joke? What? You said 2013 edition. Yeah, because it's 2013 right now. Is it? And you you state Where are you, the Andrew? state of anime. Where are you, Andrew? Where am I at? Yeah, you're at home, right? Right. Okay. Where is home? Here. Twenty thirteen. It's not it's not twenty it's twenty twenty three, not twenty thirteen. Did I say 2013? Yes, you did. I thought I said 2023. I thought you were going for a joke. I was l- watching you for that joke. I wanted that punchline. Because Where you know what happened again? in 2013, right? <laughs> Anime crashed, and it's crashing again. Uh, wow, good way to start the podcast. So how are you, Chris? <laughs> I'm actually... I'm. You Just, totally moved my joke earlier about the fact that you usually set this stuff up, and I don't. Yeah. You know, I, I had to set it up. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing. I, I I'm actually kind of excited. Um, I have made a. Massive, oh, you announcing this now? Are you going to? I'm announcing hopes it. Up? I'm I'm I'm. Are you I'm getting hoping, people's hopes up? I'm. The, the, we have successfully Andrew. gained five thousand Patreon supporters, and we now are able to have Chris full. And I'm just joking. I, I, <laughs> that's eventually we can get there. Um, but no, honestly, um, everybody knows I've picked up a second job. Um, and kind of really has restricted me um but it's not going to work out to do that uh it's it's already really taxing on me and so i have made a massive decision to go full-time on one of the jobs and i'm going to probably be letting the other one at least slide to which a, really sucks because i know how much that means to chris yeah that it's I a really passion do. project it's you don't it's like me doing this it's like i'm not getting paid really enough to survive but it's something i want to do yeah i really really wanted to do that but i i have an excellent career opportunity on this other side and they have offered it to me and so i'm going to take it downside is it's going to be a massive uh hit on my uh income but hopefully like i said it's a career opportunity so i should be able to move in but the nice side benefit is i should be coming back to you guys a little bit more so that's a thumbs up. Yeah, I wasn't sure if this decision was because he misses his waifus. <laughs> I absolutely miss my waifus. Or because he misses I, And besides, everybody, everybody has... Look, look, this is this is the truth of the matter. Everybody really wants me to watch Onimai, so I quit the other job <laughs> so that I could go watch Onimai. Just so y'all know. No. <laughs> Talking to his other boss, like, sorry, dude, Onimai comes priority. He's like, what, what's an Onimai? What's an Onimai? <laughs> Are we gonna get that next year? What's an Onimai? What's an Onimai? I don't think that's yeah, I, I'm that told, I know that we're gonna hear that at some point. I don't know if that's that obscure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's that's that's good news mainly because yeah, I do want Chris to be a part of this whole thing, and it was kind of crushing me over the last few weeks having like us. At least he's he was getting time to sit down with me and do a report, a recording. But it's like there's one aspect of like Chris feels I feel bad for Chris because I, I mentioned something he's like I haven't watched that or he feels bad because he hasn't been able to watch things and the other half is like there's all these people commenting going oh my gosh he hasn't even watched this I'm like dude <laughs> you gotta understand um, by the way if I laugh cough sound it's because I, I'm getting over really bad sickness so I'm gonna sound like a I don't know a 80 year old chain smoker <laughs> um, but yeah that's wow this is a great start for state of anime so anime <laughs> 
No, you were saying you were saying that folks were were commenting on 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 me not watching anything, and it's right. Like, it's like they, they, there is context He's behind. Trying. Yeah, there is context behind this. They, they, I mean, at least pay attention to like the four podcasts before where I. Oh my gosh! Nobody listens all that. to us. <laughs> nobody listens to us. How terrible! Now I was telling people like I think his new job makes him socialize more because I mean what you're doing you you have to constantly yell at each other. So I'm like, at least he was, you know, interjecting a lot more than he usually does. Usually the the voice meters show like way more in the the, the first channel. Yeah, I'm actually starting to talk over fans and and uh, over people. So it, yeah. I'm actually projecting my voice like I used to. He always interjects in my jokes, so that's nothing new. But everything <laughs> else, it's quite interesting. Um, but yes, obviously 2022, not 2012. Was a fantastic year, sort of, and a lot of things changed in the anime sphere, and I think a lot of that stuff is reflecting on what's currently happening in 2023. So, again, this podcast is really just to discuss what has happened in the anime uh, sphere as a whole, give a quick summary about the biggest changes that we've kind of seen, and how that seems to be affecting 2023, which is... Obviously, right now, a big thing that seems to be happening in the anime sphere is delays, as we'll get into more later on, I was really searching for a reason to really talk about this, but I did go back and look through all the news, and I think I've discovered a total of 18 delays announced in the last three months. A little over three months. How about over the year? Have you, have you, did you have Well, a once you get idea? past that little over three month mark, beyond there, there's maybe like one or two more. Because oh. like we had 86 go into 2022. That was that big delay. And then it was kind of quiet. And then we had, I think the first big one was Uncle from Another World and then Shine Post. And then it just all starts going downhill from there. Hmm. Like it was just, again, and we, we expect anime delays. Like yeah. maybe once a year, maybe two. But third, or 18 and three months well, is crazy. We, and we, we, we noticed that really quickly. And it, it's, it's quite obvious. Everybody's going to notice that. I mean, that... The amount, the the sheer magnitude of how many were scheduled, there's no way that they were going to be able to keep up with that many shows. So it is it is one of those things that it, it was kind of baked into the cake, but at the same time, it it is it is kind of really odd. It's you don't know if it's more because they are being asked to do all these shows or if they're overbooking themselves or they are feeling a little bit more leeway on the delay side where they feel like they they can delay and it's not going to make a lot of people mad. Does that make sense? I can see that if it weren't for the fact that they're essentially having to buy a slot. I mean, they're buying a TV slot and if they don't fulfill that broadcast slot, then the broadcasters, you would assume, be pretty mad. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I'm a broadcaster and Aniplex comes to me and says, I have Near Automata, and you're like, holy crap, people, a lot of people are going to be watching that. I can start booking all these advertisements. I can tell the advertisements that this is a big property. It's going to get a lot of eyeballs. The the broad advertiser comes in and says, yeah, let's do it. Here's uh, here's all this money to put our ad into your service. And then they get going, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, episode four is delayed. And it's like, okay, well, what are you going to broadcast? Oh, we're going to restart from the first episode again. Well, nobody's going to watch the first episode again. So we don't want to pay you as much for the advertisements because not as many people are going to hit this. And so it turns into this whole thing where the broadcaster is probably losing potential money from the advertiser and the advertiser is mad because this ain't happening. That's true. And it, and it, 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 it again, like we kind of seen with Nier, 
is it snowballing now because now Nier is going to sneak into the spring season. And the assumption right now is that Cecilia and Pastor Lawrence is being bumped out of spring because it's going into his time slot. I mean, you only have so much time you can broadcast this stuff. Right. So it's it's a it's a domino effect. And I agree with you. I, I think there's a I've been trying to really think about this and I've made like I made a video late July or January. Sorry, I mean, my, my dates are terrible right now. So back in July, <laughs> January, I made a video about how many delays we were gotten that point, which it pretty much exceeded my expected six for the winter season only. And now we're at like, I think eight total for just winter, like the winter shows. And what I was really trying to figure out was what's causing this. The obvious cause is these companies are pumping out tons of shows because they want to make some sort of profit from them. They want to kick out as many shows as possible. The question mark is why? What we've, we've always had the mindset that anime is an advertisement, right? The, the first and foremost priority, priority is to make an anime to advertise something. It's typically source material. That's why we get the joke of the source material bait. They make an anime to advertise a manga. They don't make much from the anime itself. It's just, it's, it's actually probably a net loss. The profit is from people going, oh, I like this show. Let me go buy the manga that is literally 99.9% profit when they produce a manga. It's such cheap, thin, like people don't know in America, when you buy a manga, that's some really good paper compared to Japan, which is from what I understand is like literally like newspaper um, paper. It's like really super thin. It's very cheap. They make this stuff like crazy and super cheap enough to make tons of profit. That's what they want you to buy. And then it goes beyond that when they have good voice actresses, they go on stage performances, you get stage uh, performances of the actual show itself, you get music CDs, you get figures, you get all this other stuff outside of the anime. The anime is just the initial push. And I think that's changing right now. My theory, my current theory, and I have nothing to back this, is I wonder how much of this massive amount of influx of shows because nobody's watching all these shows there's no way in hell besides somebody like me that does this full time i'm barely keeping up of course i am technically working because i'm making videos every day and the videos take a certain amount of time to produce and put together i'm doing mishoka mondays but my free time that i have i'm not able to keep up with 60 was it 66 shows or something like that full full length shows and so my theory is, is that nobody's watching all these shows. I'm wondering if they're purposely making these because what currently is injecting a lot of money into the anime industry? The government. No. Okay, that probably too. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the streaming services. That thought had crossed. The, the, I was between the two. Um, because now, there Netflix, could be some sort of tax break or something like that with the government, I'm sure. But I haven't ne- dug into that stuff either. Well, that that was where I mean I know that there was a kind of a um, re reinvigoration of Cool Japan was it the 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 thing where they were trying to get the the streaming services and they were uh, or not the streaming service they were they're trying to break the the pirating and at the same time they were trying to give a alternative. I do know that the 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 Japanese government is very interested in exporting. Um, the uh, exporting uh, anime and stuff like that. Yeah, it's one of so, their biggest profiting things in right in in their their state anymore. Because again, they're not big on electronics or anything anymore. That's that's a manga, anime, 
light novels is really big for them right now. And so you've got between the two that and and the the how much Netflix kind of changed the way the industry is looking. That all of that kind of colliding together in this weird kind of influx, I agree. I think that it is kind of just or it's kind of that another thing that I had thought about is um how much do you think is the difference between um live action how how do you believe that live action's kind of um dipping a little bit in in activity and because that's that's one thing that because of the fact that we're not following live action as much it's hard to kind of gauge how the live action side of these things is is kind of shifting. Yeah, live action is kind of the the normy stuff in Japan, and right. the anime is the not. And it's like with things like One Piece and Demon Slayer selling insane amount of tickets in Japan, it's like things like I don't know another Ramoni Kenshin live action, which is I usually only hear about it when it's something like Ramoni Kenshin or something, and it sells like blockbusters i mean mm-hmm. in japan it is selling like crazy well when the, when the otaku when when something um on on the otaku side kind of catches their attention and so there gets a little bit of buzz then it mm-hmm. bleeds over onto the um anime side then we notice it it's not that we're not we're opposed to noticing it it's just that that's when it comes into our our attention so but uh, not necessarily just uh otaku uh, center centric stuff because there's a lot of um, uh, J dramas and K dramas and stuff like that. That that stuff right there is what I'm talking about. Just the general um, normal uh, shows that they would watch. Is there? Do you suppose that there's probably a dip in the amount of content they're getting? And that could anime, be. And they're trying to fit the and they're fitting in the broadcast exactly with that stuff. But again, like my, I guess my major point there is. Based, the only thing I really have to go by is those statistics from AGA. And when you look at AGA, you have this, at least from a, a point of the anime market itself, just strictly anime. What anime itself makes? It's it's literally overseas distribution of these shows, which is basically licensing the stuff out. And yes, you can also argue it is a lot of things like, you know, a, a big movie like Brawly or or Demon Slayer, uh, Mugen Train. Something like that is going to be a huge influx in that, but it's literally, it has surpassed everything else that the anime industry market is making. It doesn't account for manga, how much manga is sold based on those those shows. It doesn't go by light novel or anything like that. It's just strictly, you know, CD sales, Blu-rays, um, broadcasting, and then, yes, versus overseas distribution. And so that's what my mindset immediately goes to is, are they just pumping this stuff out so that, Crunchyroll comes to them and says, okay, well, here's 200000 for that first episode. Cha-ching. That's a lot of money, like, right off the bat. Like, you haven't even started, and you already got a you already got a check in the bank. It makes me wonder that. And then when you look at something like, what was it? What was it Aniplex had for this season was, like, an insane amount. And Aniplex itself, and I know I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but Aniplex itself, I think, is one of the biggest question marks that I really have for at least with winter 2023 is how many shows they have this season alone that they're producing. They have Ayakashi Triangle, uh, Demon Key Academy 2, Near Automata, Unite Up, Buddy Daddies, Tomo-chan. I mean, that's, that's six shows. Like, are we just pumping this stuff out for the sake of... And here you go. Who who owns Aniplex? 
Sony. Who does Sony own? Crunchyroll? <laughs> Are we just dumping money into our own pockets at this point? Are we just kind of just shifting money around? Mm-hmm. It really makes you wonder, but it, it it is mind-boggling because when we look into 2022, we had winter was 39 full-length shows, spring was 44, summer was 47, fall was, was 44. I mean, even if you go back to 2021, it was... It was like between like 40 and 47 shows, like probably 43 average shows. And then immediately when we go into 2023, 61. I mean, 66 if you include like ONAs and stuff like that. That's insane. That's an insane influx. Like we're literally jumping up 50%. Yeah. What accounts for that? What was going through people's minds when they thought that was possible? I mean, we were already struggling in fall last year with we had what was 44 shows. How are you going to handle, where are you going to get all the extra animators for that? Unfortunately, we know where they're getting the extra animators. And I think this is where we're getting our biggest problem in the industry right now. And I'm afraid of the future of anime because of, is they're outsourcing. They have, I think they've all but given up on local domestic animators. I, I mean, they're not even shy about saying it anymore. They're saying it's, their delays is due to the C virus and it's in China. China, we have problems there. We literally can't get the animators in China. Like they're literally just coming out and saying, and I, I don't have a problem with Chinese animators, by the way. Let's get that, let's get that stipulation out of the way. I have no problems. They do a fantastic job. But the problem well, is, they, is been... they don't have control over those animators, and that's a big problem if they want to deliver these shows. They have no control over China government. There's there's restraints how they're treated, their their animators, all that kind of stuff, which some would argue they probably pay them better over there. They're losing what it is for an anime. I mean, my my concern goes back to, I, I miss, I, I'm, it's sad to think there's going to be a future where all, like, a studio is, like, let's say this for a random name, Studio Bones. You go to Japan, you're like, oh, man, let's go visit Studio Bones. And you walk in the door, and you're like, man, they're currently animating the biggest anime this current season. You walk in the door, and there's literally just a clerk at the front desk, and there's a director in his office in the back typing on his computer because literally everything's done elsewhere. Yeah. That's the sad thing to think about. They're losing that because they're shipping everything overseas because it's cheaper, and they're losing the heart of what I think is anime, which is Japanese creators and everything. It, it it is one of those sad things that I mean we and and like Andrew was saying I mean we don't care about which which country is doing the anime it, it's preferable that it's in Japan but when it comes down to it it doesn't it's been they've been doing that for years yeah. I mean that that's always been kind of the joke of the. Uh, when when you have a really smooth beautiful sak- uh, sakuga. Uh, scene and then all of a sudden it goes to these weird uh shape things the that, city actors happens yeah. um it, we we all know that it's a it's a budgeting issue and and they send it off to get you know quick quickly done and that's that's how it's always been um but yeah it, it is it is one of those things it's like at what point um i mean because we had this art this discussion a long time ago uh back when uh, we first talked about um, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender and um, uh, Castle Ruby. Ruby. Oh, well, Ruby. and it, it was long before uh, 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 Castlevania came out. It, it, there was the the debate on whether or not 
what makes an anime an anime? And 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 the argument is okay. Well, if it has anime style, then it automatically is yeah. anime. And <laughs> no, it, I I disagree wholeheartedly. I I think that it if it's uh, my personal opinion is if it's a uh, Japanese um, source material, Japanese uh, studio doing it, and um, Japanese a- animators and all that stuff. But when it comes down to it, that's just a preference of mine. When it, uh, a lot of people are completely fine with Avatar levels of it, it only has anime styling. Okay, if that's your preference, and the argument on whether or not China is 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 being outsourced to do it, it's the same issue. Doesn't really bother me that much as long as it's still the source material and all that stuff. But when it comes down to it, it's still in that gray area of. I prefer it be done in Japan. That way, all the credit is going to them. And they are the ones that are doing the source material, getting all the, the money for the, the, the actual animating. They, they are getting the money for the voice acting. They're getting the money for all those things. That's what I want. I mean, it's an industry of a country that I love doing this stuff. You know, that's the, that's the biggest saddest thing is like, it is again, the death of the Japanese animator. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, it, it was like my whole joke that I made when here recently, Netflix, and this is a good thing to put in here as well, is Netflix here recently came out with a tweet that said, check out this project that we made with Wit Studio and AI animation programmers. They were gloating. This is uh, Netflix Japan's Twitter account, by the way, if you want to look it up. They were gloating that they essentially made this entire short about this dog and this human. They made this entire short using AI-generated backgrounds. Now, they still had somebody do the rough sketch of the background. The AI then picked it up and then kind of did its own thing with it, and then they had a human look at it again to make sure that it didn't vomit out, I don't know, a a monstrosity. So there's still humans involved, and plus you still had, like, a team of, I don't know, like, (laughs) an entire team of, like, 16-plus AI coordinators, which makes no sense that you would have you know, 17 people do a job that one person could do. But their whole point in this whole thing, the, the point behind this, obviously, is that Netflix says we're having problems finding people because there's so much stuff and we're having a, a, a shortage of hands, basically. So we're doing this to help the industry so that people can focus on one project rather than have to worry about making background art. They can The creators can work on their own things and they have less things they have to do. And my first argument was they're doing all those jobs because you guys don't pay them jack squat. Let's let's first get that out of the way. They're not doing 15 jobs because there's too much work and they're understaffed. It's because you're not paying them well enough and they have to do all this stuff to, in order to get paid. Second of all, that's not going to fix anything. There's plenty of animators out there. You're just not paying them well enough and they're moving on to other jobs. This whole idea that they have to go over to China to get animators and stuff like that, there's plenty out there. And there could be more if the industry wasn't so unwelcome of them. There, there, I, there's somebody probably out there right now, and I really should look up to see if there's somebody out there already doing this. This is this, we're prime time for right now for somebody to do some really serious investigative work to find out how many people are walking away, how many people are were thinking of getting into the anime industry, and they're finally going, I just can't do it. Like this is not going to work, and especially with what's coming up in was it October that whole tax change where they're going to start taxing uh, for freelance work, right? which is going to, if nothing is put into effect to prevent that, 
goodbye all animators. They, they, there's no way they're going to stick around because then they're going to get taxed on top of not getting paid well. There's a there's a thought process right now. They're just walking away. The fact they're not finding animators because literally, I think people are walking away from the industry. That's why so much of it's getting poured into China, and that's why so much of it is just getting delayed because again, right now, China's back back. China's like a light switch right now, where they're like eh, lockdowns, not lockdowns, lockdown, lockdown, <laughs> lockdown, lockdown. So it's it's again, I hate it because I I I just. That nostalgia, it's sad that right now it's a nostalgic feeling with this image of the big room with all the animators lined up in different desks and them flipping through the papers and drawing the next the next key art and it all being put together for some beautiful thing. Now it's literally just a production line. And it scares me even more the idea of something like Netflix is talking about where an AI does it. Let's, let's be truthful. Netflix ain't doing that to save nobody. Netflix is a company. They're looking for... Is it time yet that we can press a button and it makes an anime? That's what they want. That's Netflix's end game because what happens when you finally get that software, the anime generating software, and Netflix buys the key to it, they buy it, they pay, I don't know, like $5,000 a month or something like that, and all they have to do is they press a button and it generates an episode. AI generated everything. The story, the characters, what the characters do, what they're wearing, where they're going, the art style, it's all produced for them. They want, to, they want to get rid of the directors. They want to get rid of the animators. They want to pay as little people as possible. They want as less problems as possible with people messing up or directors messing up or time frames not being met. They want to be able to generate anime on a regular basis. What I think is, I like the concept of AI-generated art. It's fun, but not as, like, creativity. Like, as actual something that you're paying for of actual substance and imagination. Because... In my opinion, AI generates what you tell it to generate, whereas a human brain generates based off experience and their own imagination. Some people's got that talent. Some people don't got that talent. <laughs> but it's those that have that talent that push the edge to something different. Like something like Mushoko Tensei would never be generated by AI art mainly because most of the AI art is probably not going to be allowed to touch anything of substance that's in Mushoku Tensei that it, I was, this, this next Mushoku Monday is going to be very heavy because it's just, which is technically before this being uh, posted. Uh, this week's was, is, was getting into the subject about, you know, taking somebody's life and it was so heavy. It was so, so emotional for me and it's touching at such a heavy subject that AI is probably not going to be allowed to touch. It's going to be so restricted about what it's going to get into. I'm getting on a super side tangent, by the way. But Netflix, stop. <laughs> Just <laughs> Netflix, stop is, is my, I guess my point with that whole thing. But I don't know. I, I'm scared for the industry in that regard. And like I said, I mean, for those people that don't know, I'm not just throwing numbers out here. We had... What was it? The first one I think was Birdie Wing when they announced that it was going to go into spring from winter. Fate Strange Fake was supposed to be like at the beginning of the year. Megaton Musashi got two delays. Uh, got another one here recently. Ken Kali, um has pretty much been delayed for to death. Uncle from Another World has been delayed to death. Uh, Gundam uh, Episode 12 I think had a one day delay on it. Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible that was delayed until I think spring. I think it's indefinitely. Or is, did they? I don't know if they remember. That I want to say that you said yet. indefinitely. Near Automata, which has finally returned, but they're going to pretty much push into spring and kick out another show. 
Then we have Ayakashi Triangle, which I think that's indefinitely as well. Unite Up, I think, just came back. Misfit of Demon King Academy is indefinitely, I believe. Bofuri got, like, two-week delay. We don't even know when the last two episodes will be. Sicilian Pastor Lawrence got delayed from spring. Uh, Spy Classroom got, I think, like, two delays. Uh, Masamid Kingdom's Revenge got delayed from April to July. Attack on Titan was supposed to be a full broadcast here in a couple months, and that's got its second half delayed. And then Black Clover, which got delayed. And then Technoroid here recently. So, it's a lot of delays in such a short period of time. And again, this is... Now, granted, we, we've had... I need to correct myself. When I say, like, we usually got, like, one, maybe two delays a year, like, major delays, that was typically broadcast delays. There's been plenty of, like... I guess if you count, like, actual... Oh, this got delayed from fall to winter the next year. We've got plenty of that stuff, but... Again, not in rapid succession like this. This is just kind of an anomaly, so... Yeah. I, I think that's beating that whole subject to death. <laughs> Unless you can think of anything else to really talk about with the delays. Not really. I just... Like I said before, I, I really just hope that this this course corrects. Like, I, I don't want this. And it really does feel like they're pushing too much stuff. It's causing oversaturation. They can't handle it, and it's falling apart. My hope well, is we that did, they pull we back, and they focus on getting back into domestic animators, pay them well, and just focus on these smaller projects and just do them right. But that's me thinking and we, logically. And, and, People have people have just uh, debated the idea of um, and and we've ended up talking about it. The idea of the oversaturation thing, and it is it is something that is going to have to happen at some point. It's going to have to blow up in their face. Then they can pull back. Oh, and and we we the reason why we ended up even kind of going into the idea was because we uh, we were debating the idea of whether or not another anime bubble would come up. And yeah. it's 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 one of those things that, yes, it's going to have to happen at some point. Um, it's, it's, it's part and parcel to um, learning where your limits are. And an industry, it, the hope is that they are prepared for it when it does eventually happen, because it will happen. It's just one of those things that are kind of baked into the cake. It's a system of under of, of pushing yourself to your limits, finding that limit, and then pulling just back behind it and working with it. Um, you see that in, um, if, you, if you've looked into um, computer parts, um, how the CPUs work. They, they, they test something, they, they, they market it, they, they use it, and they push it all the way to its limits, and then they, they find a new technology that will make that, that part even faster. It's the same thing with uh, economics. You find something that works, you push it all the way until you stop making money on it, and then you try to just pull just back a little bit and keep on that course. What you don't want is for a company to completely go off the edge and not be able to pull back just a little bit so that they can make that maximum amount of money for the least amount of work. That's what they got to, that's what they're trying to do. And and you're seeing it right now. You're seeing a an issue of they're finding this 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 happy medium between too much and not enough. And at the same time, like I said, you don't want them to go so far over the edge that they end up undercutting themselves and hurting themselves. But at the same time, they need to find that that, that point. I'm glad you brought that up because that kind of reminded me to finish up my point that I was making initially, 
when I was bringing up the idea of like, because I got sidetracked with the whole Sony being part of Crunchyroll and and Aniplex and how they're just buying out of their own pocket. One big point that I made in a video that I recorded, I never posted it, was the scary thing about this whole thing and the reason why I was getting into that whole aspect of them producing a crap ton of anime just to get overseas to license it, just to make a bunch of money really, really quickly, is that is technically a profit a profit area because they no longer are making... They no longer alone are making anime to advertise source material and thus selling the source material that makes them a lot more money. Getting revenue outside of the anime and the anime being an advertisement. They are now making a lot of money just selling the licenses overseas. The scary thing is that my one theory I have is they're producing so much because they have the expectation that overseas is going to license it. I hope they're not doing that. Because eventually, eventually... Overseas is not going to license everything. Right now, they're trying to keep the attention to anime. They're trying to bump up the attention. So they're they're licensing everything. Everything, everything, everything. And Crunchyroll is still in the mindset of competing with groups like Netflix, Disney, and High Dive. Eventually, it's going to come to a point where there's only one company. and the, Or it's going to come to that point where there's only that, that one company feels like they have enough that they have enough of the subscribers and the attention that they are the platform to come to. And then what's going to happen then? They're going to stop licensing all 60-plus shows every single season. It's going to come to that point. I guarantee you when Kaidai falls and when D- Disney gets bored of anime, like I'm, I know they're going to eventually. They're, right now they're getting into it, but I know eventually they're going to get bored of it. I know a lot well, of their focus Netflix is Netflix and Amazon Asia. did it. Yeah, I mean, they got bored. <laughs> it's, it's big and they got bored. Eventually... They're going to get bored. And then Crunchyroll is going to go, we're good. Everybody's going to come to us if they want anime. And then what's going to turn into is every season, we're going to be wondering which shows will Crunchyroll actually pick up the season. And you're going to find that if unless it's the big shonens, they're not going to pick it up. And then anime industry, if you're banking on them buying all 60 of these titles, no matter how garbage it is, you're going to lose. They're not going to license it and you're going to fall apart. And that's my biggest fear right now. Because let's be honest, it is psychotic how many shows they pick up. You would, you should expect that at least 10 of these shows are not picked up by a, 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 some sort of streaming service. But they're all getting picked up. Immoral Guild was like the only big one last season that was like, why did nobody pick this up? Well, you know why they didn't pick it up. But it's finally picked up. They're picking up everything. And it's nuts that they're picking up everything. There's going to come a time where they stop. And I think that's going to be a big push in the face when that happens if that's what Japan is expecting and that's what these producers are expecting and that's why they're pumping out so many shows because don't worry Crunchy will pick it up and they'll give us 200 some thousand dollars per episode and we're going to make massive bank just put a show together make it move a little bit just enough to get it out there we'll get in tons there and then we'll make the rest of the profits elsewhere with CDs and stuff like that that's a bad mindset to be in because again it's going to eventually going to blow up in their faces and that's the that's the big wonder that I really have around that whole thing is because it's it it makes sense, but at the same time it's a very it's a very dangerous road to go down. And that goes back to the whole gatekeeper thing. I and that's that's why I've always been on about this the the fact that it's until we find a way to get around that system, this is what we have to live with because they have literally all the power right now. Yeah. That's why I like, I like competition. Mm-hmm. I, I, the Disney was the last one I'd want, and I hope that High Dive stays together. But 
yeah, there's a big I, question mark I, you, there. You guys have no clue how much we're, I, I, at least I am, I, I, I assume you are, hoping that High Dive makes it. Um, yeah. My only hope that I have around Disney is that their focus isn't the U.S., which is their nasty brand or their, their branch that wants to destroy everything uh, un- inappropriate. It, my only hope in Disney is that much of their focus in getting an anime is Southeast Asia. And I know Southeast Asia is being like, what are you doing to this anime? <laughs> like, don't touch this stuff. <laughs> You're not going to censor this stuff. This is what we want. Um, but yeah. Speaking of High Dive, they've been through crazy ton this last year. And things aren't looking too good for them recently, which I hope is not a bad sign. Of course, for those who don't know, High Dive, which is Sentai Filmworks, they have been pretty much our competitor ever since. Well, I mean, they were a competitor before, you know, Sony and Crunchyroll merged and everything. But they uh, got bought up by AMC. And I was like, that that sounds pretty cool. I mean, I'm all for that. Of course, we had that old joke going on where maybe AMC just buying High Dive just so that Sony buys it from them for a lot of money like they did Crunchyroll. <laughs> It's never going to happen. Um, but then, yeah, the, the big concern that happened here recently is that, yes, AMC started laying off a bunch of people. They were claiming that, yes, they, of course, AMC's hurting because cord cutters, everybody's leaving TV broadcasts to go to Internet. And AMC's just was trying to find something VOD related streaming that they can kind of subsidize. And that was High Dive was one of that projects they were doing. So my hope that was coming from that whole bad news about them basically laying off people and struggling. My hope is that high dive is floating. Like my hope is that that is at least for them is profitable. They're making plenty of money from high dive and that everything else is going to be, you know, work it out as you go along. And then, yes, there's still the concern that they're probably just waiting for somebody to buy them out and they're, and it'll be good from that point on. But yeah, I, with recent news of them dropping licenses, I don't know anymore. I mean, a lot of people will speculate that, or at least there's a lot of people keeping track of stuff's falling off their catalog. Old stuff, by the way, which, yes, all licenses have to be renewed. No no company, no lawyer with a right mind is going to sell the license to a product without having some sort of expiration date on it. I mean, remember Harmony Gold, <laughs> Macross? They don't mess around this kind of stuff no more. So they're, they're making it very strict about how long you have licenses and of course over time high dive will have a title that that'll expire and then they have to re-up that license well if there's stuff dropping off their catalog either they're having a a glitch in their system a lot or they're coming to that point where amc goes yeah um what are you what are you guys doing here oh we're renewing all these licenses so they we you know we got to keep clan out on our platform and stuff and they're going uh no um nobody watches that right i mean it's an old title Let's be perfectly honest, a lot of the older titles in a platform is probably not going to get many views. I mean, it's nice to have it there, but the idea is that eventually it's going to fall off. People aren't going to be watching it. There's no point in keeping it on the catalog. And I think High Dive through AMC is probably cutting corners by not re-upping licenses, which does lead me to believe that it's more probably an AMC problem than a High Dive problem, but it's still a sign that this platform is kind of, fortunately, slowly dwindling away. I think they're still they're they're still holding up in their the current market because I mean we're still getting I think they they picked up Helk for I believe two seasons out or something like that so they're still licensing stuff. Of course, who knows how long ago they actually signed up for that one, but I want them to keep going. Honestly, I I, I do still even though it got bought up by AMC, I still think that High Dive is 
a better option of the the mix. I mean, if 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 I had a choice between Disney <laughs> with its problems or High Dive, who's just li- recently picked up Moral Guild, I'll, I'll pick up High Dive. <laughs> when we were first discussing the idea of um, AMC buying uh, High Dive, it was like me personally. Um, I ju- I'm I'm fine with it. Um, they're not. They're only marginally better than than disney and it's like when it but i mean there, there's no denying the fact that amc now technically has or i'm sorry uh high dive now technically has access to deep pockets the only problem is it's the cold uh unfeeling um beast that is a corporation not no matter how you look at it that's that's what it is and corporations are not big on uh happy feels on whatever is working they care about what's that bottom line is that making me money if it's not making me money get it off get it out of here yeah um and that's i think a lot of why you have the 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 cut cost of the is this license making me money? Get it out. Is this license going to make me money? Then you can buy it. If it's not going to make me money, I don't want it. Um, now, your you your directors and your um, and the, the I'm, when I say directors, I'm talking about from the business standpoint, not the creators, um, the people, the managers, the license uh, uh, people who are acquirers of the licenses. They probably have a little bit of leeway, which is why you have the shows that are kind of not necessarily going to make them a lot of money. They are the passion projects. They get they get that kind of um, leeway sometimes. So that's why you're going to see some like uh, uh, a moral guild. Maybe maybe he made a good argument for the person who acquired that made a good argument of. No, this one will make money because there is enough demand out there that is not um, your standard, uh, the mass group. You have the ones who like this stuff but are not on the the outward in appearance. Let's give it a try. And then they can take that gamble. But- yeah. Taku Spirit keeps talking about this show. We should get it. <laughs> I my always my hope is always that they listen to me. It took them too long, but they got the stickered version, so they obviously weren't listening to me. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's a big that's a big that's a big fail from me. But still, it's a good show, so you still should watch it. But no, I, I again, like I said, I I want I want them to kind of correct course. I I hope. Now the big thing that I keep hearing from certain people, not to name names or anything, uh, is that High Dive is prime for being picked up by Sony. Not going to happen. I I have been saying this for a long... I mean, anything could happen. Let's be perfectly honest. Anything can happen. But there is just way too high of a probability that they would never buy them. First of all, let's remember, Sony just spent billions on buying Crunchyroll. They are in the pot. Like, in the negative. Billions. It's not that they spent that money and it went right back into their own pocket. That money went into negative. They have to make those billions back now. And that's why they're making Crunchyroll push hard so they can make that billion back. They don't have like this this unlimited wallet and they're going to go, "Okay, well let's what what next company to buy? Let's let's look in our bank what how much more money we have. Oh, we have negative billions. Let's make more negatives." They bought the biggest 
companies. They bought Funimation. They bought Crunchyroll. And I'm sorry, High Dive's not a big fish. No matter how you cut it, they're not Crunchyroll. They're not a big fish. They're not going to go out of their way to buy High Dive. Now, if High Dive is up for sale for pennies on the dollar, heck yeah, Sony's going to buy them. But the, the point is right now is that they don't have the money to, nor do they have the necessity to, because I would believe in Crunchyroll's eyes, High Dive's not a, comp- a, a competition. No, They're not, not picking up the big shonens. That's the big key thing to remember. If High Dive had big shonens, like currently the only big shonen they have right now is what, maybe Don Machi, if you want to call that a, a big shonen. They don't have One Piece. They don't have Dragon Ball. They don't have uh, Demon Slayer. They don't have Chainsaw Man. They don't have the big, you know, if you look at Mal and you look at the, the ones that have like millions of members, they don't have those shows. They don't have Attack on Titan. They are a small fish. They're picking up Shows that I absolutely they're adore, the, but they're not the big they're the mass scraps. market stuff. They're the scraps that are getting left behind. I wouldn't even say the scraps, but it's just the stuff that the major market's well, not looking at. They're, they're getting things like Made in Abyss, which is literally one of the biggest shows out there, but they're not the ones that the overall broader market of all I watch is Naruto and One Piece, that market's not seeing it. This is... I I, I kind of am in the, the middle area. I, I, I think that... You're hard. This is the argument I made a long time ago. You're not listening to your core fans. Who are the people who are signing up to Crunchyroll? And then, then, then the argument for who are, are who are signing up for Funimation. The people who are paying attention to the stuff that High Dive is picking up are the, the core more, fans. Huh? They're the big fans. They're the, I would say yeah, the high dive the, is the big fans. Yeah, they're the hard, hard, hardcore. They want to see so, everything that might be different. Yeah. And the the people who they, they think they're marketing to is the Naruto watchers. Now, you can make money off of those people. The, those are the people who are probably watching the dubs. That's why those are the shows that are guaranteed to get the dubs. Your hardcore fans are the ones that are watching the, the shows that... Crunchyroll is putting up there, but they're not actually actively going after. High Dive is grabbing the stuff that the really, truly hardcore people are. Now, the funny thing is, is how how is that translating into money? Now, Crunchyroll has that backing of the money that they're getting off of those uh, those big shonens. They're not banking on the lower tier shows if you want to call them that i don't think they're really low tier shows they're just the shows now high dive when i say they're grabbing the scraps what i'm thinking like uh immoral guild i think that what ha- what happened with that was crunchyroll was not going to buy it they wanted it for a certain amount high dive off made an offer for it and they probably said no i want this much this is how much this, these shows go for and high dive probably went well okay i i call your bet if they pick it up for that amount fine otherwise this is the amount that we're going for and that studio went okay obviously we're not going to get it for this amount so we'll take take your amount that's my theory on it and that was that was one of the major major things that I've been talking about for a while now with the what's going to happen when you finally do have that one source of distribution is that finally those those licenses costs are going to come down because yeah. for too long anime studios and producers have been really enjoying that Crunchyroll and Funimation was bidding war. 
Mm-hmm. I bet they were making so much money when when those two were bidding. And then when Netflix first came in, it was probably even more than that. Because they were talking about how Netflix was dropping suitcases when they first came there. Yeah. They don't do that anymore, apparently, according to some sources. But, yeah, eventually they're going to – that's going to dial back. And that was partly my whole point with the whole thing with Crunchyroll or – Anime studios needing to realize that if they're pumping out all these shows, eventually Crunchyroll is going to stop buying them is because eventually they're going to realize that they can't keep buying all these licenses per month. They and can't that, have 60 plus shows a week that they're paying a lot of money for. Because if you think of it, way back when I was talking about why don't animators get paid well or something like that, I made a video on that. One of the key points that I was pointing out was that, or no, this was, this was in my lies that, uh, that anime fans tell really great point that I made in there is I went through and I calculated the bare minimum that would be paid per episode for um, the bare minimum that a studio or a bare minimum that Crunchyroll would pay for an episode from a producer each week. And then you tally in how many shows Crunchyroll had that season, which this was, I think, in summer or fall last year, which was back when they had maybe like 30 shows. If you tallied the bare minimum they would pay per episode to stream tally out, you know, three to four episodes a month and then how many shows they had. And then you you took that and compared it to how much they were making from subs per month from users. They were pretty close to them breaking even. So Crunchyroll literally was paying in licenses per month how much they were getting from subs that month. And now you have 60 plus shows and how many Crunchyroll's picking up. They need to get the subs up. Otherwise, Crunchyroll is going the negative. And this is what the fear that I have with High Dive, because High Dive has nowhere near as much as Crunchyroll does. They're still buying a lot of shows. I hope that High Dive is making in subs how much they're paying out to buy licenses. And that's probably why they're losing this back catalog, is because they can't sustain both. They either buy new, uh, new titles or they re-up the old titles with what they're getting from subs. And that's my whole point to a lot of people. They're like, oh my gosh, they're losing subs. It's like, are you helping push more subs out there? I mean, I I can't say people should blindly follow High Dive and support them and say, oh, they're perfect. Please go watch on High Dive. Sub, give them your money. Pay wherever you want to pay your money to. What you do with your money is your own thing. But don't be upset when catalog is falling away because they can't they can't afford it. Like, I, I think right now they're getting to a point where they probably can't afford it. And then to have AMC above them crippled... It's not going to work out in the end, so it's 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 bad news across the board. But yeah, well, and, and that and that's that goes back to what we were saying is they they're pushing they're pushing the boundary, finding out where the where the boundary yeah. is, and then and testing it, and then pulling back just a smidge. Um, and these companies are are, are going to have to go through the same thing. Hopefully, like I said, they don't go over the cliff; they just get right there, pull back a little bit. And because they found their 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 happy spot. Speaking of happy spot, I think Netflix kind of found their happy spot last year. Out of it? Like, no, they finally were releasing good stuff. <laughs> like there there is rumors out there right now that they're pulling away from like um, like series. Like they're, there's a lot of these rumors talking about how they're going to move to strictly movies, which I don't I don't know what the difference would be. I mean, they're they do full dumps. What's the difference if it's a movie or if it's a TV series? Um, the only thing I can think of is they're trying to push away from being involved with broadcasters in Japan, which that makes sense. 
if they if if the rumor is that they're moving to movies, maybe that rumor is coming from them saying we don't want to have to deal with whatever we put on Netflix being broadcast in Japanese television too. So we want to strictly move to movies. But I don't like that idea because when I looked at last year, I think last year was Netflix's best year. I mean, we've had some great shows in the past, like freaking Violet Evergarden it was amazing. But like the entire year is good. Like we had. Now, granted, they failed miserably at releasing it, let's be perfectly honest, but they had Uncle from Another World. They had um, Katara Lives Alone, I think, from what I hear, is really good. They had Cyberpunk Edge Runners. They had, um, what was that movie? Drifting Away, I think, was 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 supposed to be really good. I mean, it just all across the board, they were a romantic killer. Like, everything was really fantastic shows last year, and it... it I don't know if they just got a better team on board to do this stuff properly, but it, it, there's, there's a hope that Netflix is at least getting better pedigree in their offerings. But either way, they're still failing miserably at distributing because I think Komi-san season two was last year too, and I think that was still delayed as well, if I remember correctly. I, I don't remember. It, so I don't. It, remember. Uh, it it's been a minute since I watched that. So, but yeah, that um, so Netflix is doing better. I, I again them as a company that's another question mark <laughs> again the whole AI generated stuff and the password sharing crap that they quote unquote leaked at some point that they said oh that wasn't supposed to be out there um, but at least their anime offering was really good so all all the credit to them I guess but no, I, obviously the the last year the biggest the biggest shock I think over the last year in the anime sphere was obviously Disney. Disney getting involved. I mean, it, it started with them announcing that they picked up, I would think it was actually before 2022 when they announced that they were going to pick up like um, Summertime Render and stuff. Yeah, I think it was previous year. But yeah, they they wanted to get Summertime Render and a, and a bunch of stuff like that. And those, that was the worst because Disney didn't do any sort of broadcast outside of Japan for those titles. They, I think Australia got picked up on, on Summertime Render a lot quicker than everybody else. I think we only recently got Summertime Render in Hulu, I believe, here, like, over the last couple months. So it took over a year for us to finally get it over. Well, not over a year, but half a year, at least, to get it over here, which is really dumb. Of course, I watched it um, through other means. But for the rest of the hype that it managed to kill with that whole distribution kind of sucked. But no, obviously, the biggest, biggest news around Disney was that we had a long period of time where everybody was wondering where the most anticipated returning show would going to be broadcast, which was Bleach. And finally... Oh, I, thought, I thought you were excited about your um, other show, but... We're I still talking Bleach about Disney. Yeah. Your other show was on Disney, too. I can't think of the name. Summertime right. Render? Yeah. I just thought ton talking about that. Stop looking oh. at your... <laughs> He's getting sidetracked by his phone. Just, it's fine. I'm just joking. <laughs> but no, Bleach. Stupid phone. I hate you. Bleach phone. Bleach was... Uh, was crazy because that was like what a week before it was going to broadcast if I remember correctly it was like everybody's wondering where the hell this thing is at and it was an obvious sign that was a bid war happening for it and apparently Disney with its gigantic pockets won I hope it was profitable for them because I'm sure they spent a lot of money on it and a lot of people watched it somehow I wonder I really do I really do want to know I th- and this is just from everything that I'm seeing, it seemed like an oddity. Bleach is an oddity because there's two markets for Bleach. There's the super fans that they've read the manga. They know how it ends. 
they're just watching it now just to see it animated. They already know how, and and I know this, that this is a large group of people because when I went to go do impressions videos, it literally is just my comments full of spoilers because everybody knows the ending. And it's like, shoot guys, I want to watch this. Like I, I'm the other side. I'm the ones over here where they watch the show until it ended and then they stop and then they're, they're like, oh crap, it's coming back. I can continue watching it. The type that didn't actually jump right into the manga. And so that makes me really wonder, like with the aspect of the drop-off period, like, you know, People only watch anime for so long and then they kind of get bored of it and they step away from the industry and they may come back. It's been so long. I wonder how many people are still here. And then those that are still here, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, now I don't watch anime anymore. But then I'm, I'm flipping through Disney Plus and then suddenly I see Bleach and I go, oh, Bleach is back. And they go watch Bleach and like, holy crap, it's Bleach. This is, this is my childhood right here. It, it's like that mixture of there with me wondering, plus the aspect of a lot of people not liking Disney getting involved with anime, how many people pirated it, it all, like, all of these culminating, the drop-off of the anime industry, uh, those that already read the manga, those that don't like Disney get involved with the anime, those that just don't care anymore, that culmination, how many views Whoa. did Disney even get for that? We, we, we debated this, this idea of Bleach, uh, how Bleach, because the anomaly... It, if you want to talk about an anomaly, I agree with Andrew 100%. Bleach is in a world of its own because like he said, all these culminating factors all together make Bleach this kind of weird thing that we just kind of want to know all the inner workings of this. Why did Disney pick this up? Of all the shows uh, for Disney to pick up, why Bleach? Um Yes, it's a it's a major uh, a major title. I'm not going to deny that, but it's a major title from ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, I remember that probably like fourteen. Yeah, this is this is back in the days when we were pirating. I was picking up uh, and reading uh, when I when I stopped. I went and found the the raw or this raw scanlations. I was big into Bleach. I was massive into it. That was way back. I don't, I don't even think Crunchyroll was... It was still a pirating site back then. That's how long ago Bleach w- was when it was in its high life. Um, but yeah, to bring it... When, when we come into this new time frame, who who in the hardcore otaku sphere are really going to know Bleach is coming back? I know what's co- what, what's coming up. But at the same time, and I was super hype about it. the The problem is, is it's it's right there in this weird place where I'm not going to say that we went, may may have went to other places to get it. But at the same <laughs> time, it we had to go to other places to get it because a certain company that is supposed to be putting it out there is not putting it out there. Well, okay. The people your your target audience is going to other places to get this. You did something wrong. You big time stubbed your well, own I, toe on. That. I know that for a fact. One of the reasons why it took so long for the the announcement of who picked it up is I, me personally, my prediction, and this is not this is not stated anywhere. My prediction is that Disney said, "Here, here's the check. Write down the number," and they were like. All right, sorry, Crunchyroll. <laughs> They're going to get the whole... Not only did they get Thousand Year Blood War, they got the old catalog. Like, Crunchyroll dropped 
all the previous episodes. Right. They lost all of it. Disney got all of it. And my thought that process there was that when they dropped that check down, they said, we want it right down the number. They said, all right, but I want to say that they believed Disney, you have a problem. What's the problem? Here's a check. Write down the number. There's no problem here. We just give you money and you, you do what you say. That's that's how Disney works. What are you doing in my office? <laughs> but then they said, no, we have one other stipulation we want to put in this contract. You have to simulcast it. We're not doing this crap like Summertime Render. Everybody has to be able to watch this show. We're not doing this thing where you hold it for weeks on end. We're not doing this thing like Summertime Render where you hold it for six months. You're going to simulcast it. And they did. They had to do it, and they did it. And this is literally, I think, the first time we really actually had Disney Plus do a simulcast of an anime. And that's a big deal. And I think it took a company going, no, you don't understand. This is Bleach. You're going to simulcast it. If you don't, people are going to send us death threats. People are going to send us the hate because we let you have it. And so I, I really do honestly believe that was part of the contract. Is that you have to simulcast this. Crunchyroll can do it. We'll take less and make sure that it gets out there if that's the case. I don't think like a lot of people think, and this isn't a, a hate to those that made this big campaign to simulcast Bleach or whatever. I don't think it's because people had it trending on Twitter. I think people put way too much weight on something trending on Twitter. But I do believe at at least let them know. It at least let them know that this is important and it reminded them. But in the end, it happened. And I think that was important for Bleach to actually survive. But yeah, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, I want to see those numbers. I want to see, because you know they paid a lot. You know, doubt in my mind they paid a lot. But did it did it make the numbers they wanted to is a big question mark. And I think it this is... I think the reason why Disney went that route is because I think it's a big shonen name. They can't get One Piece. They can't get Naruto. I mean, they could. They can go in there and they can buy it up from somebody else unless there's an exclusivity from not being able to buy out from the Renu. But it is a big shonen. It's enough to invigorate Disney as a anime platform. And now you see them getting in with Kodansha. And now they got... Tokyo Revengers. Now they're simulcasting Tokyo Revengers. And then it goes into these new titles coming up that are all Kadansha related that is going to be injecting into Disney as ex- exclusives. They are, they've, they've started it. How long is it going to last? That's the question mark. Again, like I said before, whenever they get bored. Yeah. And that, that that's what sucks is if there was ever a company that could really profit off of the anime market, it would be Disney. Yeah. And I'm being dead serious. Um, yes. Ghibli? Uh, anybody? Huh? Ghibli, anybody? Yeah, well, Ghibli, <laughs> well, they already have the contract with Ghibli. No, I'm they? saying that, that yeah. if, you, if you know Ghibli movies, Disney was a huge part of that getting big over here. It, when it, it when you go across the anime sphere, you have a lot of shows that are really geared towards this. I mean, yeah, it, there is a lot of adult-type uh, shows, but really, in all actuality, it's not, it's not like uh, Disney can't... Uh, balance it. And, they, and they, been... they differentiate themselves because they have Hulu. If you want an adult show, it's on Hulu. If it's yeah. a kid's show, it'll be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. D- they, Disney... have, they have that 
differentiation, at least in the U.S. Everywhere else, they don't care. Like, if you go to, like, apparently in Australia, you can watch Summertime Render on Disney+. Plus. They don't care. Here, we have, to, we have to make sure that we know that the Disney Plus is for the kids. It's Marvel movies and kids shows. Then we have Hulu, which is adult stuff. Yeah, Disney is, Disney's never been uh, opposed to adult content. They They just... It's just something that it's addressing that has been has accumulated over in 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 the U.S. where they originate. They 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 made themselves into this uh, suit wearing uh, clean clean spoken uh, gentleman in in the U.S. and then everywhere else they don't give a crap. They don't care. <laughs> um, but they're they're slowly shedding that and it, and, it, and it's starting to show more and more. So. Eventually, they're, they're going to have uh, garbage on their site, and they're not going to care one bit. Nobody else is going to care. Well, it all comes down to money talks. Yeah. And the moment they realize that having things on there that is not censored and it's just straight up cool stuff that we want to watch, we're going to pay. If if suddenly Disney Plus got a moral guild and it was uncensored, I would probably sign up just to show support. I wish there was some way for me to say I am signing up specifically because you have this on your platform and you're not afraid of it. But unfortunately, that's not the case. But I don't know. Maybe hopefully the the sign that that day that it goes up for simulcast, they get a big boost in subs shows that this is what we want. Don't touch it. Just leave it like and guaranteed if suddenly you resticker it, I will drop my sub the day that it pops back on there and stickered. I'll, I'll tell you that much. But um, yeah, well, we'll see, though. Um. Again, like I said, I'm afraid of Disney, but I'm fine with Disney being involved if they do the proper job. And again, mainly on the idea that they're so Southeast Asia focused with this initiative makes me hope, have some hope, they're going to do a proper job of it. Just they need to focus on actually getting the stuff out in a timely manner. How much How much of the um, the contract do you think is involved in the whole ATX thing? What contract? Um, speaking the, the on immoral guilt, yeah, because ATX is ATX is a channel, but it also has streaming a streaming service, and I'm I wonder how much of the whole censoring issue is because of the fact that the con the 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 streaming service ATX is holding out exclusivity to the streaming services everywhere else. Yeah, like I told most because people. I've seen I've seen we've obviously seen ATX stuff in other places, but for some odd reason, it, it seems to be becoming more and more less and less common. It's becoming more and more obvious that either the the Western companies don't want the stuff that's uncensored, or is it ATX is trying to lock their their stuff in. Yeah, like, like I told most people, um, when it comes to censored and uncensored versions and the distribution in the West is, and I and I bring this up every single time it comes up to debate of like, oh no, Crunchyroll censoring something. And it's like, no, well, stop, we know stop, that. stop, people, chill. It always comes down to there is a mixed bag with this stuff. Ayakashi Triangle. That Ayakashi Triangle is an example of censor now for broadcast, no matter where, and then Blu-ray for uncensored. That's an old style. We used to see that a lot back in the day. Everything broadcast, even streamed, was censored. And the Blu-ray in Japan was when it was finally uncensored. It was a way to sell Blu-rays. But I think we're now at a point now where 
they don't make enough money from Blu-rays, they don't do that anymore. So what they kind of transition to is to this new model, which is daytime television in Japan has a censored version, and then on ATX or some late-night broadcast service, you'll have a censored, an uncensored version. And when it comes to that, 99.99% of the time, you will not have it streamed uncensored in the West. Why? VPNs exist. And Japan knows VPNs exist. And they don't want... ATX does not want Japanese broadcast or Japanese viewers to go, well, why would I sign up for ATX when I can just get a VPN and get a sub with Crunchyroll and watch it for like four bucks? They're going to do that. They're going to... It's it's the backwards importing issue that Japan always has. I see that. That, Japan is terrified of backwards importing. Why does Anaplex sell Blu-rays for god-awful prices over in the U.S.? They don't want Japanese buyers to go... Well, I can buy the one in in the U.S. for for fifty bucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna import it back to Japan. It's always been a, a and again, Anaplex USA is an Anaplex Japan company, and so that's their mindset. It's always been the only reason that Funimation and Crunchyroll and Sentai Filmworks have been selling Blu-rays for so cheap compared to Japan is because they weren't Japanese companies. Anaplex is a Japanese company. They didn't want that backwards, and it's the same thing for uncensored stuff. That's why we don't get uncensored versions over here. It's not because Crunchyroll is censoring it. It's because the contract is exclusivity to ATX, it's BS11, whatever the other broadcasting services in Japan. They don't want Japanese viewers to get around it. They paid money for that. They're putting money into it. You made a dang solid argument right there. I I thought about it a lot. I, I I can't disagree with you on that one at all. That makes perfect sense and that's so i don't get angry at high dive because i know that that stuff probably has exclusivity rights there's there's some company that yeah probably and then, and that, that, locked that, down until it's blu-rayed and that's what that's why i was asking about atx is atx seems like the the most condensed uh thing that i could come up with as far as my 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 the way my brain was working on that you made a good good argument with the backwards uh importing that makes really dang good sense um i think it was said stated actually somewhere but they don't they don't necessarily come out and say you know they they sometimes if you go to the webs the official website for a show sometimes if you look in the broadcast or the air it's usually translated as air or something if you look in the airing area of the website you'll usually see where it says this version is exclusive here i think um heron from labyrinth another world actually said it there it was say exclusively this version because it was three versions of it there was the uncensored right. there was the kind of uncensored and there was a fully censored and they said they had each one of those versions locked down for exclusivity at each one of these locations and again they don't want it anywhere else that's why even though crunchyroll was on the production committee for harem and another world you know those companies probably paid more to make sure it was only there why again they didn't want somebody to just vpn to america and watch it on crunchyroll it's it's sad for us because it almost makes you kind of hope that, that I don't want this, but to have like a Crunchyroll ATX version where you pay like an extra dollar and you get whatever ATX has exclusive, you can actually watch it or whatever. Not ATX exclusive. It's not just ATX. It's, there's a lot of broadcasting networks. It's mostly ATX. ATX so. is just the most well known. You see it a lot. The... Whenever you see a, a naughty show and you look in the who's broadcasting, it's usually BS, BS11, it's ATX, it's those ones, but. Yeah, it's um I don't think it's ever going to change unfortunately or until at least 
they just don't care anymore or we get it quicker or something like that. I don't know. It, it goes back to the whole thing where we're at a point now where people can so easily just transfer over subtitles. It's not even funny. Like with Hammer and Labyrinth, Another World, it was so fast that you literally had the they they left the her- the error messages uh, mm-hmm. translations still in the subtitles when they transferred over to the uncensored version. It was it was funny, but um, yeah, some other things that was pretty crazy last year was I, I think the. It was kind of partly in that whole thing. Katakawa buying a and I don't think... I want to say, and this is probably just being weird and just just figuring something's happening that's not actually happening. I almost feel like based on how a lot of a reads now, I think things have changed. And I kind of predicted this when it first happened. Katakawa, for those who don't know, is a big um, publisher in Japan. And it was really crazy to know that they basically came in and they bought Anime News Network. And the thing that I said initially was that I don't think it's going to change what ANN does. And they said that. They got like, this is an important decision for us. We want to make sure that we we saved our our um, authors' integrities. Our, our our news reporter integrity must be remained. That's why I was we want to make sure everything was was good. It's like, no, you don't care. You're you're selling. The thing that I was thinking is, no, I don't think things are gonna change, but uh, things aren't going to, they're not going to really go out of the way to change things, but I think it's going to limit them. It's going to get them steered back into what I was kind of hoping initially. It's not that I want a com- a company to own, uh, to control a reporter. I just want them to make them accountable. Accountable yeah. was my main key thing that I wanted to say. Because with ANN as it was, it wasn't being held accountable for reporting certain things that were a stretch of the truth or falsities. They were slanderous at times. And having Katakawa's name behind them now, they have to answer to Katakawa. And I almost feel like that's the case because I've seen a couple of reportings here recently over the last like three months or so that I realized, I, I normally would go, oh man, they're talking about this again. I click on it and I look there and go, oh, wow. They're not making claims anymore they're not making unsubstantiated claims anymore they're sticking to strictly allegations and stuff like that they're using their wording properly now they're no longer stating things as truths but just stating the facts and not going out of the way to hide other facts they're definitely changing how they word things and that could be just that they have new writers and those new writers are doing things properly there's a lot of variables here so don't take this wrong but it does feel like Things are at least changing how they're talking about things and how they're talking about certain properties. They're covering shows that I would normally think they would never cover. And they're allowing other writers to cover those shows that are sometimes very questionable shows. So I think it's been for the good so far, honestly, in my opinion. But that's that's me being somebody that's been pretty critical of Anin in the past. I, yeah, I, I use them, but I don't but I've never liked how they handle certain subjects that, and that's, that's always been my, my issue like with Mushoko Tensei. <laughs> <laughs> that that's always been an issue of, of mine with a and I, I, I like that a and exists. I, I wish there was some kind of a competitor to them. Um, unfortunately that's more just a pie in the sky type thing. Um, as it is, it, it does what it's supposed to, um, but unfortunately, it has a tilt, and that tilt is very, very obvious. If you go and watch them, or if you've watched them for any considerable amount of time, 
that tilt is very, very strongly obvious. Um, So you would hope that there would be some kind of an oppose to it, but it, it's not there. Um, the, and that, that was something that me and Andrea talked about when, when Kataka, uh, when it was announced that they were taking it over. I hope, I hope that this is true, that they will hold them some kind of accountable, um, because now they are a public face of a, of a very large company. And that very large company is not going to go f- so much for that tilt. You would hope. Uh, some companies have very much disappointed me, but when it comes down to it, it, it is what it is. I think the other big one was Macross being saved last year. That was, I think, one of the other biggest news of last year was Macross, and I, I joked about it earlier, so I don't know, maybe it was planted in my head when I looked at the outline really quickly. But no, it was, at some point, it was like it was like a bam, bam, bam kind of thing. It was during, I think, the... um. The big, the bad, big Anicon, anime con last year. Oh my gosh, why am I my blanket on the name of it? But they just, it seemed like we had, it was right stuff. It was um, anime, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on so many names right now. Anime Limited, I believe, was involved in it. It was like three different companies that just came out and said, we have this one, we have this one. Like, it, it was almost as if Harmony Gold... And the whole thing with Matt Cross and everything was kind of finally broke because they, they had that lawsuit that was finally ended recently. And finally it was all freed. But the fear was that when it was finally kind of broke free and they were able to actually find new people to, to actually license and distribute the properties again, the fear was that they wouldn't want to work with anybody. Like after everything that happened with Harmony Gold, why would they want to license out to anybody else? But no, it seems like somebody got in contact with it. And I, I really honestly do believe that that Sean Collector was probably involved in that. I believe that Sean Collector was 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 probably one of the first people to reach out. It could have been somebody within a uh, Anime Limited as well, but somebody finally got in there and said, it, "You have to you have to expect probably with everything that happened with Harmony Gold, the moment that that was all kind of settled, you probably had like a million phone calls coming through to them, like, hey, can we have it? Can we have it? Can we have it?'" But Thankfully, they said yes, and it seemed like they kind of went through multiple people and said, okay, distribute this one, distribute this one, because it seemed like it was bam, 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 bam. Every single one of them that we've been waiting for so long to be distributed over here on Blu-ray and stuff is finally happening. So super excited for that. Um, I'm supposedly getting um, the ones from Right Stuff eventually whenever they do release, so I'll be able to do reviews on those ones, but it's super exciting. I it's not that I claim that Matt Cross is the most amazing thing ever. As a huge fandom for it, obviously. I haven't really watched really much of any of it, just because, again, it's not been ever legally available. But I want it. I, I just want it for the fans. I want it to be something that can finally have an existence in the West, and it's never really been having that. So it's it's nothing but good news. And I, I really do. It's It was one of the, the most exciting moments that I've really experienced in the last year of of rescue licenses so i mean that and the fact that netflix got monster i mean it's like out of nowhere suddenly all these titles that have been just gone forever suddenly appear <laughs> in certain sources it's like well yeah we're finally actually saving all these things that have been pretty much doomed to never exist ever again yeah. monster was a big one too because monster was like i think sean collector himself said that there was some sort of something behind the scenes that made it impossible to get yeah but I think that happened because Netflix Japan went directly to the the broadcaster and got it from them or something like that. So we'll see. We'll see. That's that's um, exciting stuff. I can't wait for that to come out. I need to go look up to see when that's supposed to come out. It seemed like they, they contacted me about it 
and it got announced and then crickets. So, and then, yeah, that technically the other big news of last year was that, yeah, Sony bought right stuff. And so maybe that's why there's crickets. I don't know. They're still contacting me. We're still in communication. I've just re-signed up for their, their, their partnership programs and stuff. So they're still existing, but yeah, the, the buyout of right stuff was, was crazy. And of course here recently, Sean Kleckner announced his retirement. So he's walked away from it and, We'll see what he plans to do. There's still the big growing theory that right, uh, Sean Kleckner sold right stuff. You know, all power to him. Congratulations, Sean Kleckner. Super proud of him. He built that empire. I'm super saddened because I really do feel like he was the heart of it. Like everything that right stuff was, was because it was Sean Kleckner. He made it. He built it. He was the heart of it. He's a geek. He's a dork. And he was what made that company what it I, is. And it really does feel like it's now lost its heart. But I hope that he's going off into something else that maybe yeah, he that, sticks in the industry. That that's one of those things that I, I kind of I kind of wonder if he just seen the writing on the wall. Probably. I it, well, I, I, I think that last year I was talking about how I wonder how much of this is because I at, at the time we were going, I, I was pointing out that there's some massive, something massive is going on in the background of the these industry of this industry. It's massive. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but something is happening. And I now you're you're seeing these wild shifts all over the place, and it, it's becoming more and more obvious. What it what I I wish I knew what it is that's happening, but something is happening. I know it is. And it's, it, it's, it's, I wonder if things like Sean Kleckner is, is a, a, another one of those kind of more smaller signs, but a sign something is happening. It, it's, it's, and, and I think that he probably seen the writing on the wall and he's like, I, I, I got to clean my hands of this. I, it, 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 I could see some, somebody, or I could see Peter Payne popping up and saying, you know what? See you later, and it's like, wait, 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 whoa! No, I'm not saying that Peter Payne's going to do this. I'm, I'm just saying, it's, it's similar to that. It, it's something is going on in the background. I wish I knew what it was, and I can't wait until somebody does this big old massive reveal all of, hey, this is what's actually going on. Because at this point, all we can do is just speculate. I, I have my suspicions of what's happening, but it, it is what it is. It's just suspicions. I it it's frustrating that we don't have anything that's concrete that's right in front of our face that we can go no that's it it's exactly that right there yeah I think the the big telling sign was it was the it was the big gut punch of the whole situation is that when the moment that right stuff was bought by Sony obviously this is something they've been planning for a long time but it really felt like oh now we're doing this big anniversary sale sell 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 everything everything big sell on hentai stuff and everything like that and then suddenly i know where it's like oh by the way we got bought out and buy all naughty stuff can't have that on here anymore cuz sony owns this company now and we can't have naughty stuff on here even though we literally have crunchyroll over here that has things like uh my girlfriend is super uh is the student council president which has just full on uh, high schoolers naked and doing inappropriate things. We can't have any of this other stuff, though, even though it's behind actual, you know, agree that you are 18 plus and all that kind of stuff and and get, and all these different walls. Suddenly we're just like, oh, no, we can't have this stuff on this. Ew. But it was interesting that 
they kind of transitioned all that stuff to another website. And my prediction at that time was that it was probably somebody that was very well entrenched into right stuff that has ownership of that property. And my other theory was that there's a possibility that right that this Sean Collector has a control of that. But I think my biggest concern really is around that whole sellout is that I, of course, Sean Collector went to Right Stuff or Crunchyroll and hopefully helped them out with figuring out how to actually function an e-commerce site because Crunchyroll's service has kind of always been questionable. Um, but I think the biggest sad thing about him finally leaving is that, like I said before, there was so much more to him to the industry than just Right Stuff. He was this dork that had passion for what he was doing. And it's something you don't see anymore. Case in point, what happened with Arya? He did exactly what I wanted somebody to do with that property. It had been so long. I used to have tons of wallpaper of Arya. I loved it. I never really watched much of it. And then finally, when they did the whole project with it, I support it fully. I just dumped money in that sucker. I even got the art book. Because you know why? I knew Sean Kleckner was involved. And I knew what he had a habit of doing was looking for every possible scrap that he can get his hands on. And he did exactly that. And he made a book out of pretty much all the art I absolutely love of that franchise. And they did a proper job of putting it together and making the Blu-ray release and everything. It was a gorgeous release. Did the same thing with everything else. They've kind of followed up with that. Shoot, with the whole thing with um, Zetsuba Sensei. I, you had to, I would have to assume that he greenlit having this lady sit there and put down all of the references from every single frame of that show, which is a ton, by the way, because again, this is Shaft. This is pre-Monogatari series. This is when they crafted the Monogatari style is in Zetsuba Sensei. And every frame is a reference on the wall or the chalkboard. And she literally put all that into this gigantic book and it came free with the Blu-ray. That's the stuff you don't see in the fandom anymore, or in in the industry anymore. That's that's passion, and he does that with everything. He did it with um, Captain Tyler. That was his that was his project. He probably didn't make much from that, but that was a show that was dear to his heart, and he wanted to give it a proper release, and so he did it. He stepped out there and he t- he got on a video, and told the world, "I'm a dork. I want to do this thing. Want to join me?" You don't have Rahul or whatever from Crunchyroll coming out there and saying, hey, guys, we want to do something with anime. You want to join us? They're all about just marketing and getting their name out there and getting more subs. They don't care about anime anymore. And again, I can't think of anybody else that's a big, like, there's nobody in that in the West anymore like that. Sean Clecton was the last real, like, face that we can put to anime that loves it. And wants to see something happen from it. That's why it breaks my heart so much. Seeing him question mark leave. Like he's getting up there in age. I mean he's not a young buck anymore. But so my assumption is that he's going to retire from all the money he's making from that sell. Hopefully it made him some good money. I would hope so too. I, I hope that he's successful from it. But I mean that that, that you would want. You, you want a company or you want a somebody like that. To be rewarded for it, their hard work. Yeah, and he he worked very hard. And yeah, like from, the, I said from the beginning, before, just like Peter Payne, just Peter from the beginning, Payne. hitting it. That was that was kind of the thing that I was trying to push in our interview with Peter Payne was like, you know, what are you gonna do next? Like, can you are you gonna push over here? I mean, can you be the next right stuff or whatever? But 
it really did feel like he was still trying to maintain certain um and not to say that he was censoring himself, but I just didn't want to push it too much because it almost felt like he was trying to avoid saying certain things about certain companies because I'm like, I kind of I kind of want Peter Payne to kind of come over and push that too or or at least give us a, a, a bigger open avenue or something like that or at least push back. But I, I think the reason why Peter Payne is kind of in a safety zone versus something like Sean Kleckner which is, I can see Sean Kleckner seeing some sort of writing on the wall in the West, especially um, having quote unquote inappropriate stuff on their platform. There's a lot of companies right now that are getting literally cut off from certain uh, finances because of yeah. having inappropriate stuff. The big safety thing that obviously Peter Payne has is that he's in Japan, but that doesn't mean that he can continue to always get, you know, transactions. Well, it, Eventually, it, transactions will it, probably get cut off. Yeah, it's it's it's. One one issue versus another issue. I mean, he's he's safe from some of the issues in in the West, but like Andrew was saying, he he probably has to kind of save face on, or or allow companies to save face on the Japanese side. He has a whole different slew of issues that he has to deal with over there. Yeah, he just he just has to make sure to always word it as stress relievers. <laughs> Obviously, stress relievers. Is that all of my notes? I think we covered pretty much everything. Oh, um, trends. I The one thing that I noticed when I was looking at trends last year is that we had, uh, in 2022, we actually had a dip of five isekais um, over the year span. It went from 24 isekais to 19 isekais. So everybody claims that anime is just full of isekais. It, w- it would actually dip down. So <laughs> you're wrong. We did see an increase of seven overall etchy shows, which is great. Um, we almost doubled how many slice of life we got last year, uh, compared to 2021, which was great too. I, I loved, and especially last year, we had some really good slice of life, like really good ones. Bochy the Rock, Do It Yourself, just really good stuff. And we are, we have seen the birth of the Otome game. Yes, we have seen that birth of the Otome game trend, and it is continuing into this year and into next season. It's just, that's the weirdest trend. It is such a weird and very specific thing. It's like specifically Isekai to specifically Atoma game to specifically the villainous. It's always the villainous too. It's never the main character for some reason. They yep. just don't like the main character. The main character has to be the the bad guy, obviously. Um, I guess we did technically get the announcement of Joan and how Cloverworks with Studio and Shueisha and Anaplex were coming together to make Joan, which didn't do anything but i I haven't really heard anything on joan since the announcement and with how everything's kind of falling apart i don't think anything really is happening so shrug at that um i I think i've heard recently somebody criticizing joan for not really having done anything and i i don't doubt it so we'll see but um that it i think that's it do you have Did anything we cover else? everything? Did you have anything else with the state I of anime? I have the slightest clue. I'm stupid. You, you're, you're just not in, in, infused into it anymore. You're like, eh, whatever. I don't care if it falls apart. But no, I, like I joked about last episode, the good thing about all these delays, these 16 well, I've delays. Been calling, I've been calling for the 18. crash. I've been calling for the crash 18? of everything a long time ago. So you're calling for it? You want it? Yeah, I want, I want, a, I want a disruptor to destroy everything and then rebuild it. The from good the ground thing, off. The good thing is about the 17 delays, that means that you're not missing out on anything right now. All the shows in winter are just going to end up in spring. There like I go. said before, 
Chris doesn't have to worry about the fact that he's been so busy lately because once he finally gets back on, you know, in a good schedule again, he can just continue the winter season in spring. Yeah, you go. That's how it's going to happen. Or everything's going to be delayed out of spring so he can just go back and watch winter. I'm definitely going to uh, at least three shows that I'm I, I am definitely catching up on. I got a uh, owning my uh, the this this stupid uh, revenge or not revenge. It's some revolution thing. And this um, stupid magical revolution. You call yeah, it my so, magical so, revolution. So, so, I don't I don't know. It's it. I, I, I called it stupid because I can't <laughs> think of the name. And then bleach. I've got to watch bleach. I have so got to watch Bleach because um, I believe a event that I was super. What about eighty thousand gold? I'm already caught. A, I'm, I'm already a on that one. She's such a dork. <laughs> I love her. Did you see the princess yet? Or was that yesterday? You haven't seen the princess yet. She's Probably cute. not. Uh, but anyways, that's the state of anime 20, 2013 edition, right? Yes, twenty twenty thirteen. 2013 edition. Why, why don't you just put yourself back at two, I'm gonna 2003? So, I'm gonna, you, you can just I'm gonna go edit two this. decades. I'm going to go edit this, and I'm going to find out that I actually said 2023, and Chris is the one that completely derailed the entire thing, and now I'm making a joke about it afterwards. So, But, uh, yeah, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this run-through of everything that really is the big points of the last year and, uh, of course, our thoughts on how things are going in the future. I, as always, hope that things go well. But it's always good to have a little bit of caution so that you're ready for it if something yeah. does happen. Like I've said before, I when I had a lot of disposal income, I, I stocked up on a lot of anime. So I'm ready for that boom into this crash so I can watch old stupid shows like Wendaba style or something like that. Random shows I have on my on my shelf. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast as usual. If you did, um, I, I guess if you're listening to it on YouTube, you can uh, hit the like button there and leave a comment. You can go on to atalkingspirit.com or go into the links inside of the description of the YouTube channel to uh, help us support us through our Patreon, our tips link. We also have a super thanks and membership button on YouTube. Uh, there's so many ways you can support us and we greatly appreciate everybody that does support us. It means a lot to us. You guys are amazing. And here's to another year of anime. Take care. Oh, os. That's it. That's it. Os, os, os.